This is a tough one. In some places, ecology and stewardship has been distorted into a political issue. And depending on what side you're on, you'll tweak scripture to fit that leaning. So what can I say? Nothing really. Just that God's first directive to man was take care of the earth and all that is in it. And stewardship? Bring it back to his storehouse and participate in a giving way so others may also know goodness. As one who's created, I realize politics should play no part in it. Besides, who am I to argue with my creator? Offering information for your mind. Enabling transformation for your heart. Sabbath School U, a weekly dialogue exploring God's Word and its application for today's world. This is Sabbath School University, and I'm your host, Andrew Campbell. I just want to welcome you to Lesson 10, a discussion about stewardship and the environment. And we have three wonderful guests that are going to help me to discuss this topic. I'm going to invite you to give us your name and tell us your major. And then since we're talking about the environment, tell us one thing that you really enjoy about nature. Start right here. Well, my name is Anna Lee, and I'm doing the MBA program here at Andrews. Um, nature, I love mountains. Hmm. Being from Norway, I really miss uh, the view from the top of a mountain. All right. Well, my name is Kim Green, and I am a second year physical therapy student. And I'd have to say my favorite thing about nature, seeing the tree leaf color changes mm. during the fall mm -hmm. season. They'll go from orange to yellow, you know, I love it. I love that part. Yeah. So pretty. I'm Tyler Cantrell and I'm uh, getting my master's in community international development. All right. Going to do high school teaching hopefully. Um, what I really love about nature is uh, deep water and scuba diving. All right. It's just amazing. Have you been to the Cayman Islands? Uh, not yet. It's you need my, to go. It's on my list. You need to go. It's on yeah. my list. All right. Uh, before we get into the lesson, Anneli, since you are from Norway and you speak Norwegian, I'm going to invite you to read our key text and then pray for us in Norwegian. All right. Our key text is from Genesis 1.28. I'm reading from the New King James Version. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Let us pray. Kjære Gud, tusen takk for denne nydelige dagen som du har gitt oss. Takk for alt du har skapt i naturen som vi kan nyte. Jeg ber om at du må velsigne oss mens vi studerer ditt ord og lærer mer om hvordan vi kan ta vare på naturen som du har gitt oss. Jeg ber i Jesu navn. Amen. 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 Now, I look forward to the day when I've learned enough Norwegian from you <laughs> to be able to pray in Norwegian myself. Um, Tyler, let's uh, get started on, on this lesson. Um, how would you answer the charge by some that the scriptural dominion over nature is what has led to today's environmental problems? Well, the, the problem with that is you're already asking, you know, that their environmental problems are caused by our perception or dominion. I think that we have a, a fundamental problem with 
how we define that word. I mean, okay. for some people, it's easy for us in America to define that word as, you know, we've taken control over nature and we've able to manipulate it to what we need. And then we have examples of where nature says no in mm. very big ways. Um, it's, it's hard to say that we're not forcing the, the, t the, the issue of that word dominion. Okay. Instead of saying our responsibility or our, our God-given understanding of what we're supposed to do with it. Because okay. most of the time you're talking about dominion in the Bible, it's talking about God having dominion over us. Mm. And that's such a far-reaching far -reaching de definition that I think that if we, if we say that, if we say that we, our dominion has caused today's environmental problems, we open up a discussion of what other, what other problems are caused by us, mm. you know, is okay. it? Okay. Now, I guess um, perhaps our view of dominion could perhaps influence it because if you view dominion as the having the freedom to exploit something, you know, uh, if, if we, having dominion over the earth means you can use it however you want to just, you know, it's yours to do whatever you want with mm -hmm. it. Perhaps that could lead that way. I see dominion here as almost our responsibility to take care of it and watch over it. Okay. You know, like um, God gave Adam uh, the power to name all the animals, you know. Um, you know, he was given a job in the Garden of Eden, so mm -hmm. it was his job to care for the animals and make sure that everything was healthy and growing. So he was like the gardener. So I don't okay. see it as him taking control of it and exploiting it and using it in any way he pleased. Okay. It was his his job to, to watch over it, I, yeah. I'd say. I think that's a really good mm -hmm. point. Um, because, honestly, you know, who has original dominion over the earth? God. Of course. <laughs> and when God gives man dominion, he's essentially saying, I want you to share in my authority over the earth. Like mm -hmm. you said, he gives Adam the freedom to name the animals. Mm -hmm. So essentially, what God is doing is giving us the opportunity to partake in his dominion. Mm -hmm. And so we shouldn't, you know, now take that dominion and use it in a way that he would, he wouldn't, mm -hmm. you know, we should use that dominion or use that authority the way that he uses his. And what he said also there, he said he gave Adam dominion over it. And he said, you know, here's to tend and keep, mm -hmm. you know, he didn't say just use and use and throw away use and abuse and yeah, there's throw, there's, yeah. there's no there's no waste yeah in that mm -hmm. sort of tending and even that word tend in genesis is used again later on in scripture and it's almost a sense of worship like the the priest would tend to the inner sanctum or the inner the sanctuary and not, not so it's it's mm -hmm. almost like a worship and then a verb you know tend yeah. mm -hmm. and then keep it yeah yeah um so only how would you describe uh the idea of christian stewardship in the environment? Well, I think we touched on some very important points already that um, we have, God has given us um, the pleasure and privilege of uh, having dominion over the earth. Um, and uh, doing that in a Christian way, we'd have to uh, think of what does the Bible teach mm -hmm. um, of the, the values that we should have. And I think the problem with the way it's um, happened in this world is that um, greed and selfishness has come into the picture. Yeah. And so instead of tending and having dominion over nature, 
um, looking for nature's um, like what's best for for nature and for everybody, you know, other people, and for future generations. Um, what has happened is that uh, we have ten, uh, had a, a tendency to just think about ourselves here mm. and now. Definitely. Um, um, yeah. I mean, okay. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna ask a question that could seem to support this whole greedy motive. Um, when you look at the, what the Bible says about the end of the world, how everything is going to be destroyed, everything is going to burn, and, and if you would say, you know, since it's all going to be destroyed, you know, it doesn't really matter what I do with it right now. I mean, how, how would you respond to someone who genuinely believes that? Well, I mean, it says, should we go on sinning so grace can increase more? Okay. I mean, just because you have the ability to do something because you know it's going to change doesn't mean you shouldn't still try to do the right thing. Okay. Okay. I, I like what he said. I don't think it's ever okay to just totally disregard a command from God or a request from God, mm -hmm. you know, t um, about tending and watching over the land and being a steward of the earth. Even if it's to be destroyed, I think we still have a responsibility because it's almost like a covenant with God or something that he's put into our hands. Mm -hmm. So I don't think mm -hmm. it's ever okay to just disregard it and say, well, it doesn't matter. The earth is going to be destroyed. The world is coming to an end. We still have a responsibility to God. Yeah, uh -huh. definitely. And, mm -hmm. you know, um, I think about that, that saying that says, you know, we don't inherit the earth from our parents. We borrow it from our children. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Essentially, we're, we're supposed to kind of take care of the earth because we're, we're intending to pass it on to future generations um, if time should last. Um, but I also think about, you know, our bodies. You know, only basically, you know, everyone who's lived before us has, you know, their, their, their life ends when they die. Mm -hmm. And if you would just say, I know I'm going to die, so it really doesn't matter whether I take care of my body or not. You know, it's right. it's kind of is there, you need to have a balance somewhere. Mm -hmm. You know, so since we agree that we should take care of the earth as Christians, um, how do we how do we keep that command that God gives us to take care of the earth? Well, I mean, there 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 are practical steps that you know we've been we've been taught you know recycling and all that. <laughs> But I think it's much more practical in the sense that you can live simply. Mm -hmm. I mean, people don't want to work for stuff anymore, so that's why we have all this, you know, just convenience. Everything is convenient for us. Mm -hmm. And because everything is convenient, it creates, creates waste, I mm -hmm. mean, in some cases. Mm -hmm. Just because it's convenient doesn't make it right. Yeah. And so I think looking carefully at, you know, how you live your life and what you use and what you don't use, and then find a way to live simply. I yeah. mean... Maybe not have all the toys and gadgets that you <laughs> that your heart desires, but also yeah. it's it's you know it's just saying that you can be responsible with them too. Mm. You know there are stuff that you mean recycling your cell phones and you know using regular plates instead of paper or stuff like that. Okay. It's just there there are practical mm. steps you can take to reduce how much you throw away. Yeah, and so I think that's a way. What's one? That's a very small way you can do it. Yeah, yeah. What, uh, mm. Anneli, what's your motivation for recycling? I know that's something that, you know, if, if, you, are, if you can recycle something, <coughs> that's something that you will, you know, prefer to do. What's, what motivates you to want to do that? Well, I think um, it's, yeah, the idea with waste, uh, just the thought of the, 
all the garbage that um, that we produce in, in our home and thinking about all different uh, families mm-hmm. and how a lot of it could have been used again and just just saving the planet for for a little bit of um, I guess trash that builds up somewhere mm-hmm. it's although it's out of our house and it's not our problem anymore but it's somebody else's problem and if it's if we don't see the effects while we're alive like I said we pass it on yeah. to our kids and we don't know how long this world is gonna last although you know we think we're really at the end of it but um, it says in the Bible and no one knows yeah. when when God is coming so I think we we have a responsibility to do our best yeah. I think it. a motivation for recycling or reducing your waste or you know however you want to spin it is if you just think for a second about other people that are less fortunate they don't have as much as you and mm. if they had that last fourth of a carton of milk or or something that we just say oh you know just throw it out you know just thinking about other people who are less fortunate it should it motivates me to say okay how can I conserve here how can I save this how can I use this again mm-hmm. you know just thinking about other people is a motivator yeah and what about, you know, when people say, well, everyone else is doing it, you know, I'm just one person, you know, I can't, you know, what difference will I make? I mean, wh- what goes through your mind when you hear an argument like that? And how do, how do you respond to that kind of logic? I can see that uh, being a problem, thinking that, you know, what I, I'm the only one in the world not recycling, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> but at the same time, I think it's very important to follow your values um, regardless of what others are doing because God looks at the heart and so um, I think even if it's small um, in the the eyes of the world Mm -hmm. it might matter to you and it matters to God yeah I'm a history teacher everything starts with one person okay yeah (laughs) and so to say that I'm only one is just it's an excuse there's no Mm. it's and it's not true Uh it's never true that you're just alone there's always someone that has some, it may not be easily accessible and you may not have that instant connection that, you know, oh, I want that encouragement, you know. You start doing stuff, there's always another person that's willing to get on board. Yeah. Or maybe you can tweak your mission together and mm-hmm. find common commonality with other people. Yeah. And the power of influence is actually, you know, very important too to, to remember because, you know, if some... Sometimes we don't realize the ways that we influence others and we are influenced by others. You know, influence happens every day, mm-hmm. you know, and, and um, if you just say, well, no one else is doing it mm-hmm. and you give up, then you have no chance of influencing someone else to, you know, embrace those good values mm-hmm. as well. Um, only in Exodus 20, verse 8 to 11, you know, you have the, the Sabbath commandment mm-hmm. um does that relate to stewardship and if so how um i thought that question was very interesting um i i was thinking about it and uh, i think one way that it relates to stewardship is our bodies because the sabbath it gives us a chance to rest oh. and in especially in today's society that's a really uh, a lost art, I would say, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to be able to rest without any guilt. And I know that if I didn't have the Sabbath, even if I did rest on Saturday, I would mm-hmm. have that feeling I have on Sunday, which is <laughs> you're supposed to do homework. <laughs> and it's always in the back of my mind. So yeah. even if I'm trying to relax, I can't fully relax. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, and God knew that. And so he created this day for us to 
um, have time with him without any guilty feelings mm -hmm. of yeah. what we should do. And I, I think a lot of health issues are related to stress um, today because sure. people don't have that privilege if they don't um, have that day yeah. of rest. I think rest and regeneration are so rest and regeneration are so important because as a student, like you said, you're either thinking, okay, what should I be doing right now? Uh -huh. I probably shouldn't be just sitting here resting. Yeah. And the Sabbath is the perfect opportunity to just clear your head, relax, and not think about any stress or anything. It's almost like um, an escape mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. your your actual life and just a time <laughs> that you can relax. Yeah. So, you know that. I, I, just in my school experience, that's been one of the worst things. When, when I know I have something that needs to be done, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, let's say it's Sunday or or it's a Monday, and I don't have class at that time or or whatever it is, um, and even if I'm not doing schoolwork, it's like it's on my mind. Yeah. And I, even even though I'm relaxing or you know enjoying something. It, it's not truly relaxing because mm -hmm. I know there's something that I should be doing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I, I feel like that tension is there. But the <laughs> Sabbath is just this release where mm -hmm. it's like, you know, even if I wanted to, you know, I, I, I'm not supposed to. So. <laughs> um, it's just, you know, release from, from your labors yeah. and your toil. Yeah. So I, I mm -hmm. really like that point. Small vacation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, now... Kim, could you read 1 Corinthians 6, verses 19 and 20? Because we have a question that's coming from that verse. The sure. question is, you know, what is our responsibility to God regarding the care of our bodies? Okay. Um, I'm going to read from the New King James Version. Mm -hmm. So it reads, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Mm. So, what was the question? Uh, I'll ask it again. <laughs> what, what's our responsibility, okay. you know, to God in as it relates to caring for our bodies? Okay, I, I think the scripture was almost self-explanatory. Okay. It, it says we're not our own. You know, we're bought with a price. Mm -hmm. So, we have a responsibility to the person who bought us, mm. you know. And it, and it also talks about the body being the temple of a Holy Spirit. And when the Bible talks about the temple, it's a very sacred place. It's a, a holy place. And even if you're going in the inner courts, you have to wash your feet and you have to prepare to go in. Yeah. So if our body is representative of the temple of the Holy Spirit, we have to be careful what we put in it. We have to be careful not to overwork it. Mm -hmm. I think there's so many principles that relate to this scripture yeah. in caring for your body. Yeah. And, you know, um, sometimes we can be very zealous in one area. You know, as Christians, you can be very zealous for spreading the gospel. But, you know, for, uh, Paul actually makes a very interesting statement. You know, he, has, he says, you know, I have to be careful in, you know, my ministry to others and preaching to others that I myself be, become a castaway. And when I think about, you know, the environment and stewardship and caring for our bodies, you know, you can be very zealous um, in one area. And that can be a good thing for that area, but then you have to remember there are other areas of life that have to be tended to. And mm -hmm. if that zeal causes you to neglect other areas of life, mm -hmm. then it's inevitably going to 
bring you down or, or decrease your efficiency. Mm -hmm. And so even though you might be very zealous in that area, it's even going to affect your mm -hmm. ability to be efficient in, in what you desire to do. You know, um, do you th can you think of any practical examples of how being perhaps overzealous in one area um, might, might cause, uh, I don't want to say destruction, but inefficiency mm -hmm. in you know, just the way that you function? I think if you're too eager to I'll maybe use a school example, okay. if you're, you're always studying and you're staying up late and you're always worried about, I have to make the grade, I have to make the grade, mm -hmm. your body's going to suffer because you're not getting enough sleep, you're probably not eating properly, mm -hmm. and your health is going to suffer while you're trying to pursue a goal you yeah. know, in, in one area of your life and everything else goes lacking. So you can't be productive mm -hmm. after a while if you're not nurturing the other parts of yourself besides yeah. your mind, if you're not nurturing your body, you can't function, you know? Yeah. In PT school, you get that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I heard somebody once say, you know, when you're in school, there's good grades, mm -hmm. there's friends, and there's sleep. And you can pick two. Yep. We can't it's have true. all three. It's true. <laughs> you know, and the idea behind it is that you know you only have a certain amount of time. We have our, our resources are finite. Our time is finite. You know, and we have mm -hmm. to, you know, be uh, judicious about the way we, you know, allot our time. And so you have to pick things that you're going to leave out and you have to, you know, pick things that you're going to be very temperate in mm -hmm. um, and pace yourself and not just, you know, study all the time or associate with friends all the time or sleep all the time. You have mm -hmm. to be right. careful about, you know, how you spend your time. Um, so in what ways can we use our personal power to be a better steward of this world? Uh, I like what you said earlier about the power of influence. Mm. And if one person makes a decision to to change the world, I okay. guess for lack of a better phrase, if one person um, dedicates themselves to changing something or being better at something, other people will follow. You know, I've been inspired by you know several people who have just gone alone, and then the numbers start to multiply for mm -hmm. the cause or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. If you choose to be a better steward and to follow God's will, I think other people will begin to, you know, rally around you, and yeah. you know, it'll yeah. be greater. Not only how do, how do you, I mean, in your personal life, I mean, how have you seen the power of influence um, manifested, or you know, how, how does that work out in your life? Well, I guess it's been hard to know how I have influenced others because mm -hmm. if you come back to me and say, oh, that one thing you said that one time, you know, changed my life. Mm -hmm. But I know it has happened to me that something someone said, and they might not even have thought about it, has, has changed me, and just by observing people. And so I think it's important to, to keep that in mind, that um, if you have your values and you stand for what you believe is right and you do your little thing, whatever it's, you know, taking care of your body, because mm -hmm. um, that is a part of the creation as well, uh, as we just saw. Yeah. So being a good steward of, of your of yourself, and then the the nature you have around you. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't necessarily have to try to save the world, but if you try to do your best in your little you know little corner God has put you in, then others you know can see that, and then they will influence their little territories, and yeah. then that way 
be like a ripple effect. For sure, for sure. You you mentioned taking care of your body, and for us as Adventists, that's something that you know we we hold as being very important. Mm -hmm. But I've found that a lot of times the emphasis is on diet. I mean, in in your life or or in your experience, you know, can you say you know what role you think exercise plays in in all of this? you know in the balance of the human being mm -hmm. i'd say i agree with you about mm -hmm. most of the emphasis is put on diet but if you i think exercise and diet go hand in hand mm -hmm. because if i'm exercising all the time but i'm eating poorly it it doesn't you know yeah, the yeah. exercise doesn't mean anything and then the other way around if you're you're mm -hmm. eating right but you're not exercising you're still not you know building your muscles and you know making your bones strong mm -hmm. so i i think they should work together you know yeah. I, I don't think one can be complete without the other yeah so. yeah and then you, when you take okay the way that you should take care of your body and you see this idea of balance how does this influence you know the environment and the way that we should approach caring for the environment Go I think with your diet especially yeah. you know how you what you put in your body is a reflection of what you want to be mm -hmm. and you know or you are what you eat it really is, <laughs> yeah. it really mm -hmm. is true um, and so like you're eating these fresh vegetables and fruits and you know fresh baked bread and stuff like that you're going to stay away from the prepackaged the the convenience foods the stuff that's you know easy come easy go yeah. and the stuff that's we're sh shown it's not good for you and the dosages that we're putting into our bodies i mean <laughs> salt and sugar and all this stuff it's mm -hmm. all packaged to make it taste really good but it's also extremely high in fat and yeah. it's all the stuff that we know is not good yeah. and so if you're if you're eating right you're also going to take care of the environment in a way in mm -hmm. the sense that you're not you're staying away from the convenient foods that are that are highly processed and take a lot of energy and a lot of materials to make convenient mm -hmm. yeah. and you're going something very simple you know simple foods that are that are naturally occurring in most cases yeah. that are just good for you yeah yeah i think the god has given us um the food like it says in, in genesis you know he gave us the herbs of the field and if we keep it simple, like you mentioned earlier, then um, we will do our own bodies uh, a good service and yeah. also the environment. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not talking like spinach and I'll just, you know, <laughs> iceberg lettuce. You know, there's there's amazing stuff you can do. I'm not talking yeah. like a bland diet. Yeah. I mean, some of the best <laughs> stuff in nature is like fruits and, you know, yeah. who doesn't like a good a, ripe strawberry? That's yeah. True. That's yeah. true. It's definitely very nice. I enjoyed discussing the lesson with you. Uh, I think we brought out a, a lot of uh, interesting and, and uh, relevant perspectives on this whole issue of stewardship and the environment. Thank you for joining us here on the show. You can start a discussion on our Facebook page or you can write us at www.sabbathschoolu.org. That's www.sabbathschool, the letter U, dot O-R-G. Bible study is an inspiring adventure. It's for both the head and for the heart. And may yours grow in God's spirit. I'm Andrew Campbell, and we'll see you next time on Sabbath School University.